So the question is, what's the biggest skill you can develop if you want to turn around your financial situation? You know, I've often uh, talked about the four levels of wealth and income that you can have. You know, the first one is scarcity. That's where most people are at. I think in the United States, the average person makes something around uh, $48,000 a year. And we know from the Nobel Prize winning work of Kahneman, he says, you don't really achieve financial happiness till at least somewhere around eighty dollars to $100,000 a year. So some of you listening are at level one, some are at what I call level two, which is financial independence. That's somewhere around, you know, 80 to maybe $120,000 a year. Beyond that, there is what I call prosperity. That's somewhere around a hundred to a million a year of income. And then lastly, you have wealth and impact. Now I've talked about that before. I want to talk about specifically, you must always keep things simple, right? So specifically, what can you do to move levels? Some of you listening are at uh, scarcity. Some of you are at financial independence, wanting to move to prosperity. Some are already in prosperity and want to move up. Wherever you are, there's one skill that's absolutely vital for you to cultivate, develop. First of all, you must recognize it as a skill, and a lot of people don't. I mean, they do in a certain sense, but not um, not sufficiently to grasp the full power that it has. Because if you understood the full power that this had in your life, especially financially, although it does bleed over into other areas, uh, you would work a lot harder on it. I, looking back uh, at my situation, different businesses I've started, different partnerships I've had, if I was better at this one thing, uh, I would have shaved five or 10 years off the learning curve. And I would have had a hell of a lot more money saved up in my bank account all throughout those stages. So what is that skill that I'm talking about? Persuasion. Simply persuasion. I was tempted to call it sales, but the problem with sales is, you know, sales is more a business term, right? So if you're working at a company or you've got your own product, sales is the process of getting that into people's hands. But persuasion goes beyond that because persuasion can be for someone listening here who's 10 years old or somebody who's listening and is middle age and works at a company. Your ability to persuade is directly correlated with the money in your bank account today. Let me explain. Obviously, there's the obvious benefits of knowing how to persuade, right? I mean, you could sell a product. That's only the beginning, only scratching the surface of what I want to speak about. Uh, what I'm talking about specifically can be much more, what's the word? Not esoteric, but a little harder to grasp. For example, I was in a business partnership. Um, and at one point in the business partnership, I realized the company needed more to capital. Right? We need to raise more money or at least put more money in either ourselves or from outside sources. The other people in the company were not so convinced. So what did we do? We did not go out and I wasn't the only shareholder in the company. So what we did is just kind of maintain the status quo, kept doing what we were doing and the revenues went down, the profits went down from that company. Um, and you know, over years it was millions of dollars of, of, uh, in lowered income. 
uh, for that company. Now, persuasion. I not only had to, as a businessman, persuade my customers to buy from me, but I needed to persuade those around me in business to do business with me, to listen to what I'm saying, to agree to raise capital and dilute their shares. But I was not valuing sufficiently the place and importance of persuasion. I don't care if you are wanting to make more friends, you know, the famous book, how to make friends and influence people, how to win friends and influence people. That at its core is a book that is about persuasion. You must be able to persuade people to do business with you, to mentor you. You must be able to persuade those people you're in friendships and romance to see things from your side. Doesn't mean you have to be manipulative about it, but remember the human mind, psychologists call this, um, the theory of the mind. What it means is as a young child, each of us essentially sees ourselves as the center of the universe. That's why little babies on an airplane, it can be, you know, I was flying to Sweden, uh, not too long ago. I was speaking at the University of Uppsala, the, uh, Stockholm, Sweden, the, the big university, the business school there. And I was on a plane and there was a little kid crying and it was, I don't know, a one year old baby. And you just saw it was everybody's eyes rolling. It was probably 11 at night. Everybody wanted to sleep. It was a nonstop from Los Angeles, LAX, right into Stockholm everybody's annoyed this little baby. And it got, made me think, that little baby, that's us. You see, that baby doesn't understand that its reality, okay, is not everybody else's. It figures, I don't feel that good. I'm going to scream. Everybody else is in the same state of mind, so they're not going to mind. And the baby doesn't even think that deeply, but um, you see where I'm going with it. So as you get older, psychologists say, you begin to develop the theory of the mind. And what that means is you realize that other people have their own reality. You know, as you get older, maybe you're four or five and you start crying and people look over at you and go, shh, be quiet or yell at you. Each of us at some point in our life, probably before you and I can even remember, we had a moment where we were snapped out of our reality and our thought that we were the center of the universe. The problem is most of us, while we do learn that at a rudimentary level, as we get older, we slip back in to that immature state of the mind where we go, you know what? I'm a Christian. I'm a conservative. I'm a Muslim. I'm a Buddhist. I am a Democrat. I am a libertarian. Whatever your specific angles are on life, you must be able to persuade other people. Why? You'll need allies in life. And some of those allies already have the opinion that you have. So maybe if you're religious, you find somebody of your same religion. But just remember, the strengths of your allies is proportionate to the quality of the person that you attract. Right? I think anybody in any religion, any political view, any business would agree it's better to have a high quality person that you have to win over uh, over time to see your side than it is to say, I need somebody who instantly already agrees with me. They might be a lower quality person. So at every turn, let's take a business example. Ross Perot, the self-made billionaire. You remember he ran for president at one point in U.S. history. Well, 
uh, Ross Perot was the master of persuading people wherever he met. If he saw somebody, if I don't, if he was uh, at a Denny's or at a 7-Eleven or at any store, grocery store, and the cashier did a good job, he would recognize that this person could be an ally in his business and he would reach out and say, hey, you should come work for me. And he was persuasive and he used that persuasion to bring allies into his own quote unquote tribe, his own business, right? Good people are not necessarily instantly on your side. Now, there's some people, as Alan Nation, one of my mentors, first mentors used to tell me, hey, Ty, don't try to teach a pig to fly. You can't do it and it bothers the pig. There is a, a limit. Uh, there is a limit to the effectiveness of persuasion. So there's a time when, like uh, the, the spiritual teacher said, don't throw your pearls to swine lest they eat them and turn around and bite you. There's a fine line and you must develop that wisdom of knowing when persuasion is futile, when it's not going to work. But make no mistake if you're listening to this and you're a musician, if you're a stay-at-home parent, if you are working in the career workforce, if you've got bosses, the quality of your life, specifically as it relates to your income, your net worth, the savings in your bank account, uh, is all related to this ability to persuade, to get people to see your side. As I said, you don't need to go in and branch into manipulation. You know, I've got this inner circle on this business school. And one of the interesting things as I've developed out this curriculum, you know, it's all developed around self-made millionaires and those I've learned from and my experience in business. Um, it's been interesting to see what I thought would be easy for people to pick up on and what has actually been hard for the students. Uh, and one of the things that I see, and I talked about this, if you have uh, listened to my earlier show, I don't know, recently, I posted one on Martin Seligman, the famous uh, researcher on human happiness, learned helplessness. Most of us have large swaths of our brain consumed by learned helplessness. We think, well, we didn't get a good hand in life. So we're helpless. We're the monkey in the cage waiting for the zookeeper every morning at eight to bring us our little, <clears throat> our pail of food and at noon. And you know what Martin Seligman, the researcher found is you'll experience low levels of happiness in your life if you are in the cage being force fed or being fed, uh, by the zookeeper. You got to get out into the jungle where you can find your own food. Sure. It's a little risky out in the jungle, but even with the risk, you'll be hell of a lot happier. So when it comes to this concept of persuasion, I meet people and say, you know, let's say you're an entrepreneur and it's like, man, I got these good ideas. No one's going to buy it. Well, you might have a good idea, uh, but your inability to persuade others negates your good idea. It negates the fact that you have a good idea. It's, it's, it's nix. It's nothing, right? It's eliminated in the same way. In relationships, you can't persuade other people at times, not every time, to see your side of the story. Guess what? You're probably going to be used and abused. That's as simple as that. Now, you could be like most people and just say, well, the world's full of bad people. The world's full of customers that are morons. They don't see that my product's so much better. You know, maybe you have a restaurant and you're like, everybody's going to McDonald's and they're not going to my store. My food's so much healthier. You're probably right. Maybe you're a personal trainer or 
you work in the fitness industry and you're like, oh, there's so much dumb stuff that people are doing. If they would just listen to me, you know, I was in uh, I, one of my earlier businesses I started, which is still around as a financial planning company, wealth management company. And uh, I see advice being pushed in books all over. I mean, I, I, those of you know, I read a book a day and I'm looking at my library here. I've got hundreds of books and inside those books, I've got almost every finance book from Susie Orman to, you know, you name it, David Bach, all these guys. And, and within the pages of many of these books, I'm not going to say which one specifically. I, I do reviews. If you've been on my site, tylopez.com, uh, I've written some on this, but there are so many mistakes and errors in what people are being taught about financial independence. And I'm like, man, this pisses me off because the answers are there. The good advice is there. But you know what? These people who are out there in the media selling books and selling TV shows are often good at marketing and good at persuading people. So you see, if you aren't good at persuasion, bad ideas will spread. If you can't take your food from your restaurant, your healthy restaurant, or, you know, your new approach to health or your business idea. If you can't get people to believe in you, who cares? You might as well go back to the drawing board and go work for somebody else. And if you do work for somebody else and you want a promotion, boy, if you think you're owed something, you should remember that old saying, a squeaky, what is it? A squeaky wheel gets the oil. If you're in a company and you think they're going to magically say, hey, you're doing a great job. You have to, it's not going to happen. You must persuade them. You must be the oil, the squeaky, uh, I'm sorry, the squeaky wheel that needs the oil. This is the continual pattern of success. And if you look at highly successful people, let's take a few that are on my mind. Those of you know, I'm always reading. Uh, I like to read, quote unquote, the best. And, you know, I define the best as whatever the most well-known. I know there's some people would argue that that's not the best and whatever. I'm not getting into semantics here. For purposes of general culture, I was reading, let's say, uh, the book uh, by, uh, let's see, Dalai Lama. You know, Dalai Lama, is he the most, uh, the most insightful person in the world? I don't know. I know that he's able to persuade people. Now, of course, he does it rather innocuously and innocently, but persuade people to listen to his ideas. Mahatma Gandhi, when he was bringing independence to India, he had to sell his ideas. You must. And we're going to talk about some tools that you can learn right now on this, in this show. I want to talk about the tools that you can exercise, uh, in order to become more persuasive. Maybe you're single and you want to date better quality people or marry someone better. Again, you must be able to promote yourself and you don't have to do it in a, in a vain kind of crass way. You can do it elegantly class. You can do it with class. So again, Dalai Lama, he's able to persuade. There's many people able to persuade. You must have this skill. You must be able to persuade again and again. Michael Jordan, you know, I was reading when he came into the basketball league, I think he came in in the, 83 or 84, I think he was drafted into the NBA. And at that point, believe it or not, the NBA was only making like $150 million a year in revenue. By the time Michael Air Jordan was at his prime, it was a multi-billion dollar company in great part 
all of the NBA was raised up by this one man. Now, was it just that he was such a great basketball player? No. Bill Russell was a great basketball player, but he, he didn't like people. You see, Michael Jordan always had that smile. He always had that ability to uh, make people feel that he was interested in them. He had social skills. Warren Buffett, is he the best investor in the world? Well, he was for a time the wealthiest man in the world. He's done something right, but many would argue there's other people that are extremely skilled at marketing. Why do we know Warren Buffett? Well, Warren Buffett tells the story. He said one of the first investments he ever made was in educating his own brain and is before he had much money. I think he said it was, I don't remember if it was a thousand dollars or whatever, but he bought the Dale Carnegie course on public speaking and learning how to persuade. And you know what? He says that's the best investment I ever made in money. He had gone to Wharton and, uh, that, you know, is one of the best business schools in the world. And he said Wharton was not, uh, I don't know. Put it this way, he hangs the certificate of that one public speaking course over his Wharton MBA or whatever. I'm sure he appreciates both. But the point is, he is known as the wealthiest man in the world and the greatest investor because he's a persuasive man. I was just in Omaha, Nebraska this year at the Berkshire Hathaway meeting. And and he was uh and he's talking and, and he's so persuasive. He's an extremely persuasive uh, guy. Why? I think it's attributed to number one, his inability. His, I mean, sorry, his ability to communicate, to talk, to get his message across. You must do the same thing. Okay? You must, you must be very good. And I'm going to kind of jump around here and show you how you can do that. Obviously, this is more than just one talk. Okay? So where, what is the basis? All this has been kind of the background of why it's important. Okay. Why is it important? It's important because even the greatest people become great by their, in, their, by their ability to promote their ideas. So let's come down now. How do you get there? Right. We, we talked about the greats, Michael Jordan, the Dalai Lama, Mahatma Gandhi, Warren Buffett, in every facet of life, people who are persuasive. What can you do? Well, obviously what I just said, number one, you have to recognize that it's important. Without the recognition, you're not going to take any action. So hopefully uh, what I've said kind of wakes you up. And even if you know it, you got to realize it's even more important than you thought. Now, how do you get there? Practical steps. Number one, recognition. Number two, it's like everything. You got to practice it. And one thing that Edon Ravine who I've talked about and befriended, the guy who wrote the Hoops, Hoops Whisperer and trains all the top basketball players in the world, LeBron James, all these people. He said to me, uh, he says, uh, you know, you have to practice pressure beforehand, right? And I know this sounds crazy, but imagine if we lived in a world where you and I actually took some time out to practice being persuasive. So number one, recognize the importance. And number two, it's as simple as practicing. Now you might say, what do I practice? Well, what's the number one or one of the top fears they've said? And this has been a controversial study back in the 60s or 70s. There was this study that said 
public speaking, the fear of public speaking was the number one fear humans have. Uh, it's probably been disproven that that's not totally true. Okay. But, you know, it's high up there in human fears. Okay. It's high up there. Excuse me. Let me fix my little mic here. <laughs> I got a new mic set up, so hopefully it sounds better than some of the other shows I did. Uh, so how do you practice these things? Well, there was a speaker, Demosthenes. He's considered the greatest public speaker of all time. But I think he was, the fable is that he was born with like a stutter, okay? And, uh, you know, he he would go down to the river or the ocean and he'd put pebbles in his mouth and practice speaking because he figured if he could practice, if he could speak with pebbles in his mouth, when he took them out, it'd be easier. So he practiced what was difficult. Like John Wooden said, prepare for a rainy day. Like Lao Tzu says, do what's difficult while it's still easy. Don't be practicing being persuasive when you don't need to be persuasive. And this is one of the cruxes of why humans have a hard time in the modern world. Our brains evolutionarily are hardwired to only react, right? You only start losing weight when you have a heart attack for most people, right? You wait till it's too late. Once you've had one heart attack, boy, it's hard to ever recover from that. People only start, stop drinking soda once they've got diabetes. If you want to elevate above the masses and not be another cog in the machine of life, then guess what? You better get good at practicing things before you need them. This is one of the other, and I'm, I don't have time to talk about this right now, but this is one of the great skills of all time. Your ability to do things when it's easy, just like Demosthenes, not being afraid of public speaking, even though he stuttered. There's other people, I forget the actor's name. There's some famous actors that literally were born with stuttering problems and they talked themselves and practiced themselves out of it. So I don't care if you're the most shy and timid person. Why not practice doing a little speech in front of your family? Right? Where you're, it's a place where you're not going to be, uh, made fun of that much or do it with a close friend, but do it because there will come a day. Remember how life works as uh, Charlie Munger's grandfather told him opportunities that come to you are rare. It's a rare life that is just bathed in opportunity all the time. We have been sold a lie that, oh, it's not a big deal if the time comes and I need to be persuasive and get people on my side and I don't know how to do it because there'll be another time. Uh, I disagree. I would guess if you go through history that most people have two or three opportunities in their life to seize life and go forward in a big leap. And the rest of your life is the mundane parts of life. So my question for you is, do you know when those two or three times have come? If you're older, you probably one or two of them have already passed you by. Maybe it's a person that's, uh, maybe it's a person who you could have been more persuasive with that was at a dinner you attended that wasn't even there to meet you. But had you been more persuasive, they would have walked over to you and said, hey, I want to invest in your business or hey, you should meet my friend and my friend, you never know the connections that were lost because you have never practiced and made an art and science about persuasion. And like I said, 
it's probably because, probably because you're still, like all of us, suffering from a weak theory of the mind. We've grown up, but our mind hasn't really grown up to realize we live in a big world, each and every person operating in their own best interests. If you are not able to bring people and have them see your side of life and align yourself, I can predict how much money is going to be in your bank account, and it's not a large number. Richard Branson, self-made billionaire, founder of Virgin and various He's got a million companies. Uh, he says, you know, I know how to promote. I know how to promote. And, and he's a, what I like about him is he doesn't promote junk. Virgin Airline, when I go to Europe or whatever, it's the best airline I've found to travel on. It's a great experience. So, sure, he's persuasive, but he's also persuasive about something that's good. You've got to be that person. So what are those things in life? Uh, that are good. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's an idea you have. Maybe it's a business idea. Maybe it's your personality. Whatever it is, you need people on your side and they need to be seeing your side. Now, we talked about practice. Let's take that further. I want you to begin to cultivate a very difficult skill. It sounds easy, but just try it. Try it for the next month. I want you to cultivate the skill of taking the opposite extreme uh, position on every subject. This will make you more persuasive. In fact, like Charlie Munger, the billionaire says, he says, you should not be able to hold any position strongly until you can argue the other side better than your opposition. It's like being back in high school again. You know, when you're in high school, uh, what do they do? They make you do the debate and you flip a coin and you got to take a side you don't necessarily believe in. But why do they make you do that? Because they're trying to say, you must have uh, this ability to think thoroughly through both sides. Imagine a world. You know, everyone uh, says, oh, imagine I play the piano and I was playing that song actually last night. Whatever, John Lennon, the song Imagine. You know, and it goes, imagine a world with no war and all this stuff. It's a very idealistic thing. but And that's great to be a wanderer and, oh, I'm imagining. But how could the world ever get there? Well, I think at one level it's hard to make the world not competitive because it's so uh, in our DNA. And war is nothing more than humans competing as nations against each other. But I will tell you what would massively cut down war. What would massively cut down divorce? What would massively cut down uh, conflict in your life, your city, your state, your country, and your world? It's people who could argue both sides because you must be able to persuade yourself. You see, that's the, I think I'm on number four. That's the fourth. Practice persuading yourself the other side. See, convincing yourself of what you already agree in, that's not any practice of persuasion, right? If I'm already a, I don't know, a Republican or a Democrat, me convincing myself, that's just, that's easy. That's like lifting a one pound dumbbell. Anybody can lift weights if it's only one pound. What's harder is lifting a hundred pounds, right? So in the same way, practice on yourself. How could you persuade yourself that a different religion has maybe some insight that you need to pay attention to. 
or that a different political party has some insight that you need to pay attention to. Or maybe somebody who's a friend who you've parted ways because they thought the world should be left and you thought the world should be right. Convince yourself of their story. If you can do that, you will begin down this path of persuading other people when the time comes and that one opportunity is there. It will become part of who you are as you speak. It will become part of who you are as you listen. It will become part of who you are as you read, as you speak publicly. You know, try something like Toastmasters. There's different groups. I think Toastmasters is all over the world where you can practice speaking, right? Or like I said, record yourself. This is a great one. Record yourself on your phone trying to make the case for some argument. Pick something hard. See if you, let's just say, I'm going to flip a coin and pick a religion. I'm looking down on my books here. Uh, Dalai Lama. Okay, I've got this here. So let's say you're like a hippie. You believe in, you know, new, like new kind of new agey religion and you're spiritual but not religious. Okay. So you believe the universe is one and the world needs peace and love. Let's say that's your thing. That's kind of the Dalai Lama's thing. Okay. Meditation, going inward. Get really good at proving yourself wrong. Record yourself on your iPhone saying, here's why the Dalai Lama and my own views on going inward may not be correct. You know, and I'll just make something up now just to give you an example. If I study the East versus the West, if you look at countries that stu- that practice Eastern religion, man, there's a lot of disasters there. Go to India, there's still tremendous poverty and inequality and, and corruption. And so if these countries, which have been so famous for their Eastern religion for so many centuries and millennium, uh, a millennia, if they're still in chaos, well, maybe it's like the otherwise spiritual teacher said, you should judge a fruit. I mean, a tree by its fruit, right? An apple tree doesn't have oranges. So you don't need to look inside the tree. If it, there's oranges hanging from the tree, then guess what? Then you're like, huh, it's an orange tree. So if I was, for example, trying to persuade myself away from Eastern thought, that could maybe be one line of persuasion. Now, let's say you are the opposite. You are very religious or Catholic or Christian or Muslim, whatever it might be, but more orthodox, uh, conservative religions, Jewish. And you always in life have taken a hard stand against this hippie. Try to argue their side. You know, maybe you argue there's different methodologies and logic. You could say, well, look at religion. What's the fruit of religion? The tremendous wars. The inquisitions, the strife, the divisions of unnatural boundaries, the murder of people in the name of God. You could make that case and make it well. Don't do it half-heartedly. You see, now you become a more well-balanced person. It's like the comedian Chris Rock says, you know. He's like, I'm suspicious of anybody that just has one answer to everything. That just goes, oh, everything that's... Democrat, that's the answer to everything. Or everything that's Christian, that's the answer and there's nothing wrong. No, no, no. I think we know in the world. We don't need more people like that. We need more people that are simply able to elaborate and speak on both sides. Persuasion. When it comes to money, 
try to sell your competitor's product instead of your own, right? Let's say you are Conrad Hilton. I'm looking at his book. He started the Hilton Hotel chain. You argue with yourself or in a small group of your, your, you know, CEOs or your business partners. Argue why your business is not as good as, uh, or, or why your Hilton empire sucks. Let's say you were Conrad Hilton. But like, well, Hilton Hotel doesn't have this. The Radisson has it or whatever. I don't know much about hotels. But make the case and then flip it around. This ability is the hallmark of the advanced mind. And advanced minds are more successful. We know this. You know, whether you're religious or not religious, if you study science, Neanderthals are no longer on the planet. Why? Because us, us humans, homo sapiens, we had better brains. We were able to think more deeply. And it never stops. The world's innately competitive when it comes to business. If you can't think through things as well as other people, you will make less money than you should. Right? Not everybody's going to be a billionaire. But like Jim Rohn says, you probably with a little effort, can make a hell of a lot more money than you do now. More money that you could live a happier life, find the good life, get to a different level financially, level one, two, three, four we talked about. You must get there. The world needs prosperity. I don't mean materialism. It needs prosperity. It needs people who have free enough minds, free from the cares of uh, every little bit of financial insecurity so that they can take care of their own, but they can also be creative and benefit the world. You must have this ability to benefit the world, and it's going to come from you at least achieving financial independence. If you're not at financial independence, you need to get there immediately. And it's going to start, or one of the founding pillars, you know, I teach this all throughout my academy. If some of you are listening, you're already in the academy, or I've got two levels. It's the business school for those who are beginning, and then I've got the academy, uh, the, I'm sorry, the uh, inner circle for those of you who are more advanced. So uh, if you want to, you can check that out. A lot of people are asking me. I get, now I get so many emails from these shows every day. I can't handle them all, but uh, I try to answer all of them, and a lot of them are asking about this. You can go to my site, tylopez.com, and see about the mentor school, the business uh, school, that's to get you started. And then if you're already advanced, uh, this inner circle. But I talk so much about this. Your website, if you're in the internet business, your store, the way you dress, each part of you is signaling a message to the other seven plus billion people on the planet. And you better be conscientious about that because like the old saying goes, you know, God judges on the inside, but people judge you on the outside. There's this myth, Joel Salatin, when I worked there on the farm, Joel's one of the first people to direct market his food and he was raising all this healthy food and like organic and, you know, sustainably raised and grass fed, all this healthy food. And Joel said, you know, the problem in the food system in the world is big companies. And I'm actually reading a book about like Tyson chicken. These guys control the vertical, vertical integration of the whole food industry. So what Joel said is, forget it. I'm not, I'm going to sell my food directly to people. See, I've been learning about this persuasion back all the way when I was 18 years old as first starting out right out of high school with Joel and his first apprentice. And Joel told me, he said, Ty, if you can't persuade and sell directly to your customer, you're at the whim of the distribution companies, right? Think how music used to be. 
Think of how food still is. Think of how movies were. This is the cool thing about that's happening in media with YouTube and even these podcasts. Now you can go out directly, right? It's the best age ever to be alive. I'm telling you. People talk about the injustices and inequalities in the world, the modern world. There's a lot of them. I don't disagree. But it's a hell of a lot better than any other time in history. If you don't believe me, you probably don't read history. I mean... It was my grandma, like I always tell people, born 1918. World War I was still going. It was this slaughter. Uh, you know, World War War One. Uh, something like 70 million soldiers went to war. And two-thirds of them were casualties. That's insane. You know, we have wars now and there's still, you know, horrible things. I don't mean to diminish it, but it's less than it's ever been. Right? So all that opportunity is there. And for you to capitalize on this opportunity you have to recognize the importance of persuasion you must practice it you must practice it under pressure you must practice it uh, publicly and you must practice it with yourself you must take both sides of all ideologies and philosophies that you hold try to disprove yourself make yourself your first now think about some cool side benefits of this let's say you're overweight or you're not in the best shape most humans, because we're hunter-gatherers, we are relatively lazy, specifically uh, with our body and our health, unless it, we're forced to. So since the modern world doesn't force you to go out and hunt for your food, if you're not careful, it's easy to put on an extra 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 100. God knows how many pounds the most overweight person. You may be one of those people, or maybe you're skinny fat, meaning you naturally have a fast metabolism, but you look at yourself, I tell people, read the obvious signs. You stand naked in front of the mirror and you're like, oof, I wouldn't be attracted to myself. You know, my body doesn't look good. I look older than I should. My skin is not vital. How do you get there? Well, you got to be able to persuade yourself. I was just talking to one of my employees. One of my guys, he was, he was in my program and became been working with me for yet many years. And now I'm elevating him to CEO. I've got I don't even have enough. I have more companies than I can find good CEOs to run them. So I've trained him over the years. And he's, and he just told me one day, he said, Ty, I'm not really motivated by money. But the problem is he has obligations. He has family, children, right? And he's taught himself. He's persuaded himself. Something that Peter Drucker would call in managing oneself, Peter Drucker calls it disabling ignorance. He's saying to himself and telling himself a story and becoming extremely good at telling himself a, a lie that money's not really that important. I'm not really a money guy. Well, my advice to him today, we we're outside in front of my house. I was playing basketball. I said, man, you better get good at persuading yourself because money is a challenge to get. Don't ever listen to anybody that says getting making money is easy. It's simple, but it's not necessarily easy. There's a big difference. I'm thinking it'd be simple, but not easy. When I was on a farm, I spent two and a half years with the Amish, and they have these big horses like Clydesdales, Belgians, and Morgans. And those horses, I would watch, you have to clean their feet because they get little rocks and stones in, the, in their feet. And you pick up, there was this guy, William Yutzi. It's one of the strongest guys I've ever met. He was just like an old Amish guy, and he was like, I would have loved to see him lift weights in the modern world. He was very strong. And I would watch him. He would grab the horse's leg, these big 2,000-pound horses, pick up one leg, hold it up, 
and just take a little pick and clean out the foot or put a new shoe on the horse. And I remember going, that's simple. Like, you pick up the horse foot, you take a little thing, and you pick it out, a little pick. And then putting a shoe on is a little more complicated. You put the shoe on the horse, put a little nail, right? Well, I learned when I tried it myself, it's simple to understand, but it's not that easy. So making money is very simple. I can lay out, in fact, those some of you know on my website, I publish this thing called 67 Steps. And you can, it can be whatever you want. 67 steps to becoming a millionaire, 67, 67 steps to losing weight, whatever it is your goal is. 67 steps to happiness, love, blah, blah, blah. It's a formula that I've accumulated over the years through books I've read, through businesses I've owned, through five mentors, 12 business partners, being around millionaires, billionaires, being around, you know, top people in charity, altru- altruistic stuff, all this kind of, kind of mesh of, menagerie of people I've been around, being around the Amish, being around Joel Salatin, all these different experiences. And I've said, and of course, you know, I've read many thousands of books. What are those steps? There's not that many. I've distilled it down to 67. I mean, some people say there's three steps to getting what you want. There's three is not enough, but you don't need millions. So one of these components in this 67 steps is for sure. Your ability to reshape the world in your own image. That's really, to me, the definition of an entrepreneur. I know the technical definition of an entrepreneur is someone who takes risks and stuff, but I think that's a very weak and limiting understanding of what an entrepreneur does. Alan Nation used to tell me, an entrepreneur reshapes the world in their own image, the image in their mind of how the world should be. And how will you ever do that if you're not able to persuade? Voltaire said... The great philosopher said, you know, it's not enough to conquer. You must seduce. He wasn't talking about relationships and dating. He was saying you can't just go up to people and say, my way is better than you. Or my friend that I was saying needs to reprogram his mind to uh, understand how important money is. He can't just say to himself, hey, you should like money now. Or maybe Like I said, you're listening to this, you're not very healthy, or your love life's not very good, or your happiness isn't there. You can't just look yourself in the mirror and say, stop eating junk food. It's not that easy. It's simple. Of course, it's simple to be in shape. Exercise and eat good. That's pretty much the science on it. Okay? The problem is most of us aren't good at persuading others, and we're not good at persuading ourselves out of our own bad habits. My hope is... You're listening to this today, that 10 years from now, you're still cultivating skills about sales and persuasion to others and yourself. That might mean every once in a while you're picking up a book on persuasion. I'm looking down here at this book uh, <clears throat> called Subliminal. All right. How to, Your Unconscious Mind Rules Your Behavior by Leonard Moldenau, weird name, but a genius guy. There's the book by Cialdini called Influence. If you've read uh, Charlie Munger's uh, Poor Charlie's Almanac, by the way, all these will be in the session notes uh, on my site. So if you're you're driving or something, you don't have these links uh, to these books. I recommend you get these. Uh, there'll be links on my site. You can click there and click to Amazon. And So go to the show notes at tylopez.com for these. Uh, if you, for some reason, can't find it, tw- you can uh, find me on Twitter, at tylopez.com. The best thing, by the way, is 
jointylopez.com. I got this book of the day. I do that for free and I, you get the 67 steps. All that's completely free. But you'll automatically get a little profile on the site where you can email me. And I actually check that. So if you have some questions uh, about this show, go to tylopez.com. It's completely free and get in there and uh, you can email me. There's, you'll see there's a link called inbox. So once you're, once you put your email address, it'll auto create a profile for you for free. So those are important books, Cialdini. Um, there's a good book by this, uh, I think it's Kahneman called slow thinking, fast thinking. He, he, I think he won a Nobel prize for this research. Uh, also, which he talks about how the brain works, begin to understand your own psychology. Part of persuasion is understanding the human mind, both for your own mind and ability to get into other people's mind. I list as the number two most important book, number one and number two on my book. If you go to Ty Lopez, I, I rank all the books I've ever read and I give you the top ones in order that I think you should read them. And number one is David Buss's book on evolutionary psychology. And number two is Freud his chapter two of his essay called Civilization and its Discontents. You will become a more persuasive person both to yourself to get rid of your own bad habits, to get better shape, to be, get a better attitude towards finances, towards love, towards relationships, towards your own happiness by, uh, studying and understanding psychology. And in addition, you will continue to do that. Okay. You will continue to do that by also observing other people. So I want you, those of you who haven't heard the show episode that I did called uh, How to Never Make a Big Mistake, or that's maybe part one, okay? There's one that basically says you need to, uh, it talks about, uh, what does it say? It basically says uh, you must become a mad scientist trying to look up the episode. I want you to become a mad scientist in life. That needs to be your approach. So you begin to read people. Begin to be an observer of people. Remember I say this quote that Sam Chupp, the Amish guy, told me? Three kinds of people in the world. People who make things happen. People who watch things happen. People who wonder what happened. You don't want to be a wonderer. Wonderers are people who always wonder. Why don't people see it my way? Why don't I have get a raise? Why am I overweight? Why... Can I not make more friends? Why can't I date better people? Why isn't there that much money in my bank account? See, that's a wonder. You must never be a wonder. But it's okay to not always be making things happen. Sometimes you can be watching. People watching is good. Test different things. If you're single, go on different online dating sites. Go on some dates with different people. Begin to get into other people's minds so that you realize your own way is not the only way. The greatest maybe of all persuaders was Casanova. People don't realize they think Casanova was just good with women. But no, he was persuasive. He made friends with the most influential people of his time, whether Voltaire or I think Frederick the Great, some of these great European leaders, they all were listening to and friends with Casanova. And why was that? Why was that? It was because he said, I had the ability to become a chameleon. Let me read you his exact uh, quote that he said, which I find absolutely fascinating. Uh, he was speaking about, uh, let me find it here. He says, I saw that to accomplish anything, I must bring all my physical and moral faculties into play, make the acquaintance of the great and the powerful, exercise strict self-control and play the chameleon. 
And we'll put that up on the site in the show notes. Memorize that quote. I saw that to accomplish anything, I must bring all my physical and moral faculties into play. He's saying he had to focus on it. Exercise. He said it was important to make the acquaintance of the great and powerful. You need to make friends and influence people. And he said he had to do that. He had to exercise some self-control. That means practicing things when nobody's looking. And he also had to play the chameleon. And we'll talk about this on another show. And I really get into this academy. I've developed a system that's my own, a proprietary one called the PACE system, P-A-S-E. There's many psychological, you know, testing ones. I came up with this. I've done a lot of social stuff. I used to own some huge nightclubs. Thousands of people would come every night. And I, over the years, developed a very large social circle and business. And, um, you know, I've got, I don't know, this, this show and through my email newsletter, I reach a million and a half people. I own some of the biggest social networks and online dating sites. I've seen a lot socially. And I, over the time, me and my team developed this system. One of my friends and uh, uh, partners is a top neurobiologist, one of the top brain scientists. So we developed this together, this pace system of being able to understand people's primary energies, whether it be practical action, social or emotional. I don't have time to get into that today. Some of you, if you are already in my academy or in the business school, uh, you'll already make sure you check back on those lessons. Um, those are inside there. Uh, I, by the way, I give all this stuff away free. Um, and, uh, but the system that I created is much more in depth. So that's on the site. If you want to look at the academy, um, if you want to look at my inner circle, uh, if you're a little more advanced, so you can go to tylopez.com. I'm going to end by asking you one vital question. I will ask you, if you're listening to us on a podcast, leave your answer as a review. That does two things. It's good for me to get reviews. You help me out. Uh, but I also read the reviews. And if you put your username or whatever as the same username you do on my site, I can we can talk or you can use your Twitter name or whatever and I'll answer you on Twitter. Put in what is the biggest uh, area of your life that you are have not been persuasive enough. Has it been in getting a raise, a promotion? Has it been persuading your spouse of something? Girlfriend, other the opposite sex romantically? Or has it been in persuading yourself? out of your own bad habits. What has it been? Leave me that. If you're listening on YouTube, leave this as a comment. If you're watching this on my site, leave it as a comment. If you're driving, hit me at at Ty Lopez on Twitter. Let me hear. I want to interact with you. It's one of the reasons I do this. I'm an investor. I have many other businesses that make me income. I mean, the academy and some of the inner circle, I charge money, but it's not. I don't do this for the money. I do this because I always said many people help me by giving me some tips and mentoring me. And if I ever get the chance, I would like to give that back in the same way. And I learn a lot. It's not just me giving to you. I don't, I'm not so arrogant to think that I know everything. I learn a lot. That's why I'm asking you. Write me back. Let me know. The more insight that I get from people like you, smart people, the more it helps me develop uh, myself and be able to help others in turn. So if you're driving also my email, ty at tylopez.com. Go to my site, tylopez.com. Get on the book of the day. It's the best way to begin to cultivate the skills of persuasion. I talk a lot about that. I read a book a day, and I talk often those books are related to persuasion. So thank you so much. Hope to hear from you uh, soon. Goodbye.